Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11 reads as follows. Over brethren, which out the New King James Version Bible. I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Caiaphas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one by, by, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. Based on what I've said to you so far, I want to talk to you from this topic. I believe the resurrection despite the fact that I did not see it. I believe the resurrection despite the fact that I did not see it. I'm sure many of us heard the expression, seeing is believing. Such a phrase would suggest that if I see something, I would believe it. The human factor likes to see before they believe in some cases. When it comes to God, we have to learn how to believe even though we may may not see it with our natural eyes. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the miraculous experiences the world has, is one of the most miraculous experiences the world has ever experienced. We, we were not there in the natural, but we must rely on our spiritual eyes to give us greater insight on the resurrection as well as why we believe it and the purpose behind the resurrection. And without the resurrection, there would be no gospel. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15, same book, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. So we see here in the text, if Christ has not risen, our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. In other words, why gather here on a Sunday morning if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? Long story short. Now, Today is the day we celebrate the significance of this event and how we have access to the newness of life as well as eternal life with Christ Jesus that, that, that goes beyond, not only on the earth, but beyond. 
which will have us in heaven one day. Jesus also told this to Martha, Lazarus' sister, about the resurrection in John chapter 11 and verse 25. So go with me to the book of John chapter 11 and verse 25. The book of John chapter 11 and verse 25, which reads as follows. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Again, I am the resurrection. I'm the one who rose from the dead, the one who rose to life again. What's interesting about that, he had not it did or experienced the resurrection yet, but he already told them that he was the resurrection. I thought that was interesting. Of course, now, of course, he would be the resurrection later on, but he says this, and the life, the absolute fullness of life, real and genuine life, a life actively devoted to God. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. The importance and benefits of believing and putting your trust and your confidence in Jesus. Notice the latter part of that text. We may die, experience a natural death, but he says this, we shall live, have true life, blessed life, endless in the kingdom of God, if we believe in the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. At that time, Jesus was speaking to Martha about the death of her brother Lazarus, who experienced a natural death. Let's look also at the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 5 and verse 6. Matthew, chapter 28, verse 5 and verse 6. The Bible reads as follows. But the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. But that Lord, but the Lord angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid. Don't be terrified, fearful, and ready to leave. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. His flesh was destroyed, intensely painful matter. In verse 6, he is not here, for he is risen, awaken and rise again. As he said, come and see, notice and discover, and take knowledge of the place where the Lord lay. We need to understand that, of course, when Mary and Mary went to the tomb to see Jesus, the angel came down from heaven, rolled back the stone. The only reason he rolled back the stone was for Mary and Mary to go and see that he wasn't there anymore. Now, one commentary said that just because the body wasn't there, that did not mean that Jesus rose from the dead. But on the way back, when Mary and Mary is getting ready to tell the disciples about Jesus and rose again, Jesus met them personally. Hallelujah to God. Listen, just in case you wonder, got any doubts about it, it's me. And he said, rejoice. Hallelujah. And I know Mary and Mary must have got happy, too, because they loved Jesus. And they loved him and what he represented because he was their leader. He's, he's their Lord. He was their Lord and their Savior. But one thing we need to understand, I believe he rolled back the stone. So in turn, that Mary and Mary would be, will have an understanding that Jesus was not here. He's not here. He's not here. 
He has risen. He's gotten up from the grave. He's gotten up from the grave. Now, scriptures are clear that Jesus was crucified in a painful and intense way. He defeated death and the grave, and he is risen. Now, let's look at something else here. It takes the shedding of blood. Why did Jesus die is another question we need to ask ourselves. See, one, it takes the shedding of blood uh, to give access to forgiveness. It takes the shedding of blood to give access to forgiveness. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. The book of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. The Bible reads as follows. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. And according to the law, almost all things are purified. Purified in a spiritual sense is to make clean from the guilt of sin and wickedness. And thank God that with the shedding of blood, we were clean from the guilt of sin and wickedness. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission, release from bondage, forgiveness, or pardon. And according to the law, of course, we talk about the law. This is the Mosaic law, the observance of customs approved by God. Almost all things are purified to make clean from the guilt and condemnation of sin by the shedding of blood. See, bulls in the Old Testament, they use bulls and Bullocks and sheep and other animals, they can only go so far. But it takes the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all of our sin and has the power to cleanse us from the guilt and the condemnation that comes from sin. And let me say this to you. This is a ongoing process. See, the blood cleanses us so we can get into the kingdom, and the blood cleanses us so we can't stay in the kingdom. Are y'all seeing that? Because the blood, see, unless you like uh, like Jesus, you're going to mess up after you get into the kingdom. When you get up, you need a cleansing power to cleanse you from your mess up. And the blood is what cleanses us and purifies us after we get in the kingdom of God. So the blood keeps working even after you get saved. The blood got you in and the blood will keep you in. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that was shed back at the cross called Calvary. Thank you, God. You talking about what sin? I'm talking about missing the mark. I'm talking about transgressing against God's law, walking and living a way that is contrary to God's written and revealed word. And one thing about it, you should know you're saved because you should be convicted by sin. See, if you're not convicted by sin, I will question your salvation. Why? Because, see, when you were unsaved, you had no problem getting in the mess that didn't bother you one bit. I thought about this example. See, when, when you first, listen, when you are, before you got saved, you had no problem cussing them out and walking on about your business. They didn't bother you. Cussed them out, kept walking. But after you get saved, it should bother you when you know cussing is wrong to cuss somebody out. If it don't bother you, I got to wonder, what's wrong with that picture? If sin doesn't bother you when you do wrong, I got to question your conviction when it comes to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
when you see one thing I one thing I know I can hide from you. I can go behind your back, but I can't run from Jesus. I can't run from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when I do wrong, his listen, I just it just bothers it bothers me to do wrong. That's why I have to constantly repent when I do wrong, because God is loves me enough to say, hey, dog, you're doing wrong. You're doing wrong. You're doing wrong. You ever been in a situation where you know you get ready to do wrong, but you did wrong anyway, so you still got to repent? I mean, just, just God loves us enough to give us this, to let us know that if, if sin doesn't bother you, you got to question your salvation. See, when you become born again, the closer you get to Jesus, sin should, listen, doing wrong or going against God's word should bother you. And if it don't bother you, I mean, it should bother you when you miss church. It should bother you when you don't pray. It should bother you when you don't worship. It should bother you when you steal God's money. It should bother you. And if it don't bother you when you know what the word says and you do the opposite, what's wrong with that picture? I can't be with you 24 hours a day, but the Holy Spirit can. That's what's going to make you in the long run. It's not, listen, I'm not going to make you, but Jesus is going to make you. It should bother you when you do wrong by other people. It should bother you when you don't read and study the word of God. It don't bother you when you do wrong. What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong? Because we should be convicted by sin. That we should be convicted by sin. Go to Romans 3.23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned, missed the mark, have faults to err, made mistakes, wandered from the law of God, and fallen short, come up lack, deficient to, and fail to reach their goal of the glory of God. That's why God sends us his written and revealed word to show us how we cannot just be excited about the resurrection, but it, it, it should, but it should also make a difference in our everyday life, our everyday life. And one thing I love about uh, the resurrection and one thing God gives us about the resurrection is baptism. Baptism with salvation makes us better and changes our lives for the better. We can identify with the resurrection and baptism, which in my opinion somewhat solidifies our salvation in one sense because we experience the natural process of dying to self, bearing our sins, and rising up in Christ in the newness of life. I believe to get to the news of light that comes through salvation, it comes through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And see, baptism, water baptism, is a symbol of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, resurrection according to Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and verse 5. So let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and verse 5. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and verse 5. Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of the de death, certainly we also should be in the likeness of his resurrection. So again, therefore we are buried to bury together with him, with Jesus, through baptism into death, that, that just as Christ was raised to be awakened, to arise from a state of sleep, 
from the dead by the glory of, of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness in the state of being new, which the Holy Spirit places us to produce eternal life with God in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. Verse, verse five. Father declares that we have been united, planted, or grown together in the likeness. Likeness means even or just as of his death, certainly we all shall be in the likeness of his resurrection to be raised to life again. In other words, when we go down in Jesus' name, we come back up. It's just like when Jesus was buried and he rose again. Now, based on these scriptures, as Christians, we see the necessities of taking today as a time to celebrate Jesus and his sacrifice, as well as his power to make us better. We see in Paul's letters to the church in Corinth, he is given an explanation to the power of the resurrection in our lives personally. In other words, this is personal what God is speaking to us and it's speaking it through Paul. Because Jesus conquered death and the grave, we can be resurrected in him and with him. Now, let's go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you receive and in which you stand. So moreover, brother, I declare to you the gospel. Of course, the gospel is God's written and revealed word. It is the good news. It is glad tidings which I preach, which Paul preached, which he announced. He announced the good news. He proclaimed glad tidings. And of course, the gospel is not gospel unless it gives you instructions. You should get instructions from God's written and revealed word which is important that we also receive. And of course, when we receive it, we can stand. What I mean by receive, you're going to take it to yourself. You're going to uh, grab a hold of it. You're going to grab when it's preached to you. When the word of God is preached to you, you can grab it, take a hold of it, join it to yourself. It's going to cause you to stand, to be established, to remain firm and fixed in the midst of trials, tribulations, heartbreaks, and headaches. Even good days and bad days, it can cause you to stand. One of the ways that we receive the gospel is be, by the gospel is being preached to us and then we receive it. Just like when I minister to you today, you've got to make a choice. I'm going to receive what's being spoken to me. I'm going to receive what's being proclaimed to me. I'm going to receive what the word is saying to me. I got to make up my mind. I'm going to receive it. The gospel of Jesus Christ has power to help us to stand. So we must make a decision to receive the gospel before and after our salvation experience. The message of the gospel is the reason we are saved and we still remain saved. See, the gospel will get you saved, but it also to keep you saved. Oh, God, that's good news right now. See, the gospel got me out of the mess I was in, but the gospel keeps me in, in my walk with Christ. I couldn't live with Christ if I didn't have the gospel. I couldn't do what he told me to do if I didn't have the gospel. I couldn't live and move and have my being if I didn't have the gospel. I couldn't walk in deliverance, protection, and prosperity if I did not have the gospel. So the gospel got me in, and the gospel keeps me in. How many know the gospel got you in and the gospel's keeping you in? Well, you know the gospel is keeping your marriage, don't you? 
You know, the gospel will keep you in your single life, don't you? You know, the gospel will keep you in your finances, won't you? You know, the gospel will keep you when you're being challenged in your body, don't you? You know, the gospel will keep you to make sure you have a sound mind. Good God Almighty. A sound mind. Lord, you'd have a gospel. You'd be thinking all kinds of crazy thoughts. And even with the gospel, your mind can take you some places. But the gospel will grab your mind and say, come on back in this room. What was wrong with you? I'm sorry, he might not say come in this room, boy, come, you know, he might not say it like that, but y'all get what I'm saying? All right, all right just want to make sure. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians 15 and 2. By which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. By which you are saved, you are delivered, you are protected, you are healed, and you prosper. If you hold fast, possess it, own it, keep and act on the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. So notice this. So when I hesitate to come and hear the word being preached, slowly but surely, something uh, is not going to work out the way I want it to. Unless we believe in vain, without purpose, without success, without cause. If we position ourselves to lose sight of the purpose of our faith or our need to put our trust in Jesus or to hear his gospel, it may not happen overnight, but slowly but surely we start to rely on our own understanding, our reasoning, our own ideas, what friends are saying, what social media is saying, what strangers are saying, what family members are saying, more than the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We start because why? We're not taking heed to what God has given unto us. In order to maintain and flourish in our walk with Christ, we must hold fast to the word which was preached to us unless we believe in vain. We, we must possess it. We must maintain it. We must keep it in firm possession. What? The word being preached to us. Now, if we're not careful before long, if we don't take heed to the word, we're going to think that church is irrelevant. We're going to think, listen to the preacher doesn't make any sense. We're going to think that hearing and putting the word into action is not going to bring the results that God wants us to have. Because if it don't happen fast enough, you may think that this word doesn't work. If it doesn't happen in your timing, Rely on your own understanding. You may think that the word is not working. But let me tell you something. The word is always working. The word sometimes will hold up just to show you that he's still Lord. <laughs> Boy, sometimes God will just, he'll just take it off and say, hey, I'm going to show you I'm God in this situation. Because sometimes we like to handle things on our own. And I'll be honest with you, I messed up some stuff in the past trying to handle stuff on my own. And I'm trying not to do that, but I, I got, I got a feeling I'm going to have to repent sometime in the year 2021 of trying to handle some stuff on my own. I'm going to ask God to forgive me. That's why I thank God the blood still works. <laughs> the blood still works. I'm sorry I got excited right there, but that blood still works. Because I'm going to mess up somewhere in 2021. I'm going to need God to forgive me. So I need to know that that blood is still cleansing me of all my sins and my iniquities and I, my mess ups and my hang ups and everything else that goes along with it. So he's letting us know that if, if I'm preaching to you, I got to preach to you what I received. The preacher has to receive it first before they can deliver it to you. 
So in other words, pastors, senior ministers, ordained ministers, ministers in training, want to be ministers, laity, or just simple, everyday, loving Jesus believers. I'm talking about everyday, loving believers. Put the title aside, you love Jesus, we must receive it before we can give it. We got to receive it before we can give it. Now, I can, listen, if I had a $20 bill and you didn't have a $20 bill, I got to have a 20 before I can give you a 20. Is that too deep, y'all? Is, is that too, too high? Too, too? I mean, really, simple. We got to have it before we can get it. But you got to put yourself in a position to get it before you can deliver it. So we want to make sure we are receiving the gospel. Our understanding of scripture must be fruitful before we can help others. First Corinthians 15 verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all, which I received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Ooh, I thank God he died for our sins. But notice what he said, for I delivered to entrust or give over to you. First of all, that I received, I learned, I received the mindset of transmitting to others that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Interesting, he said, I received this, I'm delivering it to you. What am I delivering? That Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. I received that, now I'm delivering it to you. What am I delivering? I'm delivering you, now, I'm not delivering you my opinion, I'm delivering you what the scripture says. I'm delivering you that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now, this is what Paul was telling the Corinthian church, and this is what Pastor Dobbs is telling the church here at OCC. Notice how we're keeping that parallel to what Paul was doing, and I want to make sure I tell you according to the scriptures. See, transmitting means I'm going to pass on from one person to another. See, transmit opens the door for transformation. See, it's hard to change without something worth changing for. It is hard to change without something worth changing for. You got to value the scriptures. If you don't think the scriptures are valuable, you will not make an effort in order to get them. See, whatever you value, you're going to take what it, do what you got to do in order to get what you got to get. Oh, look how y'all looking at me now. There's some people right now, you will literally hurt somebody getting to work on time. You will run over folks. You will, listen, you will ride by folks. Don't run late because you get, oh, I ain't got time to eat no breakfast. I ain't got time to get no Pop-Tart. I ain't got time to go get a, a loaf of bread. I ain't got time to stop by the store. I ain't got time to stop and go through the drive-thru. The drive-thru line too long. I'm going to be late. I, I got to get on here. I got to get, I ride. I'm ride. I got to get there. And as soon as I get there, why? Because you value your job. Do we value God like we value? Well, but Pastor, well, do your actions say? Now, I know you say it with your mouth, but do your heart, do your actions say, I value what God is doing? I ain't talking about just coming to church. I'm talking about do you value prayer like that? 
Do you value study of scripture like that? Do you value your relationship with Jesus that you got to do whatever it takes? Listen, I ain't got time to watch TV today. I got to see what God is saying. I ain't got time. Listen, I can watch TV later. I got to see what God is saying. I got to get in my word. I got to study scripture. I got to do what I got to do in order to get with Jesus. Because man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the living God. I got to know what Jesus is saying. Yeah, I, I see what social media is saying, but what is Jesus saying? I see what the news, the news is saying, but what is Jesus saying? I see what they're saying, but what is Jesus saying? I don't live by media. I don't live by Facebook. I don't live by Instagram and Twitter. I don't live by TikTok. I live by the words of the living Do you live by the word? Do you live by the word? Do you value what God has for you? Do you value? Do you value? And your life will be so much better if you value. Value God's word. I'm delivering the gospel of the resurrection of Christ to you. You can receive it. Or, and then you can pass it on to someone else. Both of us will be transformed by the truth that comes from God's word. Verse 3, again, that Christ died. What did he die? A violent, natural death. Why did he die? For our sins. Not his, but our sins. Our mistakes, our errors. How we miss the law of God. Now remember that he didn't die for any, the main thing he died for is because we wondered or did wrong according to God's written and revealed word. We, he died for us. God did nothing wrong. When he was on that cross, he did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing. He did nothing wrong. When he went to that cross, I was going to say this for later, but I feel let share it now. I, I got a chance to watch this past weekend. And if, for those who haven't watched it, it's one of the better portrayals I see that I've seen man put on. It's the Passion of the Christ movie. Now, one thing about the Passion of the Christ, it kind of gives you, uh, and, and this is what's interesting about it. It gives you a view of Jesus' last hours on the earth. But it's still, he, it still, it was so much worse than what they showed on television. Anytime you see Jesus on the cross and all that, he got his little nail print here and the nail, nail here and nail here, uh, you, you miss him. Because he was literally... He took 40 stripes across his body. He took nails in his hand and in his feet. The crown of thorns literally went into his. They beat him. His face was bruised. Remember, the Bible says he bruised for our nickel. He was bruised. He was swollen because he was beat so bad. And I was thinking when I was watching it, he did all of that for us. I'll be honest with you, I have a better appreciation. The movie came out approximately 2004. I have a better appreciation for the movie now than I did in 2004. I've had time to, you know, gotten a little older, more mature, and so forth. And I see what Jesus went through. Or at least I, I, a symbol of what Jesus went through. And I remember 
when I, I was watching it, and, and sometimes I had, I was like this, I was still, I knew what was going to happen, but I still couldn't watch because it was so gruel. But one thing I can appreciate about that particular movie, it gives you a better persona than some of the movies I've seen because the, I'm telling you, he was literally, you know, I know that it was makeup and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, they, I mean, he was blood. Blood was everywhere. Face was swollen. I was swollen. I mean, I mean, he was literally beaten beyond recognition. And I was thinking, he did nothing. And I make excuses all the time about what I can't do. I'm too busy to do this or do that. Jesus loved me enough because he could have stopped that anytime he wanted to. But he looked at us. Us. 2021. Yeah, I know back then. But today, in this church right now, Every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, he looked at us and he said, I've got to stay on this cross because Dobbs need a Savior. He said, you need a Savior. You couldn't have did this. You couldn't have paid the price that he paid because he was innocent. Even the, uh, the soldiers said that he was Yet, he paid the price so that we could live. And I remember when the movie was over, I said, I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. So I'm like, man, why am I going to bed? I'm looking at everything that Jesus took on for me. So it, it was personal to me. Yeah, I knew I was preparing for this day, but to me, it was more than about you. It was about my relationship with Jesus. My Savior. Sometimes you say, why do you push like you do? Let me tell you something. Everything Jesus did for me, you know, the Bible talks about when you got a, a whole lot to be forgiven, you got a whole lot to be thankful for. And I'm, I got a whole lot to be forgiven. I got a whole lot to be thankful for. Listen, not just before I got to Jesus. I'm talking about after I got to Jesus. I'm talking about after in 2021, I got a lot to be thankful for. 2020, I got a lot to be thankful for. 2019, I got a lot to be thankful for. 2018, I got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, everything didn't go the way I wanted, but Jesus loves me. So it was personal to me. So I stayed up another hour or so working on something else. And I just, I'm just, I'm grateful. And it was personal to me. And Paul when he's writing this letter to the Corinthian church, he wants them to understand this is personal. Yeah, I know I'm writing to the church, but you got to take this to heart yourself. You got to take it to heart yourself. Now, Jesus paid the price for our sins. We violated God's law. Yeah, I, then he came, after he paid the price, he paid the price through his death. This burial, but he rose back to life again. If he would not have paid the price, we would still be in our in our mess with no way out. We couldn't have got out. Couldn't have got out. Let's go a little further in the text. First Corinthians fifteen. We're going to look at verses five through eight.
and that he was, notice what it is, this, this word seen, it's going to be, the, it's the same word be used several times, but it means to be seen by making appearance, looked at, and appeared. Verses 5 through 8, and that he was seen by Caiaphas, then by the twelve, after that was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. See, it's one thing to be seen by one person. It's a whole nother thing when you see him by over 500 different people. Including the apostles, James, Caiaphas, and others who at the time of the writing, most were still alive. These witnesses could verify to others that Jesus rose from the dead. One key thing that doesn't say that I believe in my opinion happened is they knew he was dead. What do you, what do you mean by that? See, if you don't know he's dead, if somebody tell you he's alive, you will first of all say, hold on, he, he wasn't dead in the first place. But if you know he did, and then he rose again, and he alive right now, oh, I, oh yeah, I believe that. Because I saw the way he looked on that cross. I saw them when they pierced him in his side, and blood came running out. I saw them when they beat him with a cat and nine tail. I saw them when they put the nail in his head and in his feet. Yeah, he was dead. But when he came back, good God, he came back and the only thing he left was the nail prints for Thomas to see and others to see. That man was totally healed. But just in case you wonder, he left the nail prints. Just in case you no, this must be somebody that looked like Jesus. That can't be Jesus. No, the nail print <laughs> gave it away. Because you knew if you saw him, you oh, that's that same Jesus. That's the same place I saw the nail go in. That's the same place I saw when he was nailed to that cross. Now he made, he looked, his face is not swollen anymore. All that, all the stripes gone. Did you know by his stripes he's here? He left the nail prints so that we could know that he was alive. He was seen by over 500 different people. But you know what? You know what's great about that? We were not there, but we believe he rose again too. We believe he got up from that grave too. And John put it like this. You're blessed if you have not seen it, and yet you still believe it. Go with me to John 20 and 29. John chapter 20 and verse 29. Yeah, I know he was talking about Thomas, but Thomas, he makes a statement here that I believe that transcends beyond what he said to Thomas here. John 20 and verse 29. Jesus said to him, Thomas, you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Ooh-wee. He said you're blessed. You weren't there when he got up from that grave, but you believe it. And since you believe it, the Bible says you are blessed. What do you mean by blessed? 
You are in power. You're fortunate. You are well off and you are happy. Let me read the definition to you again. You're empowered. You're happy. You're fortunate. And you are well off. Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet you believe. We didn't see the resurrection. We didn't see Jesus dying on that cross, but we believe that he did. See, one way we believe is because we see a transformed life. We see a life that used to be one way, now it's another way. We see those who were dead in sin, strung out on drugs, abused and abandoned, living a life of a fornicator and an adulteress, liar and deceiver. They were manipulators. They changed their life because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But you know what's great about that? Because see, sometimes those that have been delivered, listen, have been delivered out of drugs and abuse and abandonment and fornication and adultery and lying and deception and manipulation, sometimes they go back to the thing they've been delivered from. But you know what? Jesus is still up from that grave. So even if people go back, we still, we don't keep our eyes on people. We keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So when people mess up, listen, we say, oh, I ain't going back on Jesus because you messed up. I got my eyes on the one who rose from the cross at Calvary. He is alive right now. I listen, I wasn't there when he got the nails in his fingers and the hands. I wasn't there when he got the nails in his feet. I wasn't there when he got beat with a cat and nine tail. But you know what? I believe that he is alive this very day. I believe that he can deliver me. I believe he can protect me. I believe he can prosper me. I wasn't there, but yet I believe. And the Bible says, I'm blessed. Yeah, I wasn't like the apostles. I wasn't like the 500. I didn't see him. But you know what? Uh, in 2021, I believe that God rose from the dead and that he is alive right now. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. And this is how we conduct our lives. Because if Jesus rose from the dead, you know he can get you out of death. You know Jesus rose from the dead, he can heal your body. Listen, you know Jesus rose from the dead, he can deliver your mind. If Jesus rose from the dead, he can get you out of whatever you in. If Jesus rose from the dead, if the grave can hold it, what can hold Jesus when he lives on the inside of you as a born again believer? What can hold him? What can hold you? What if that it can hold Jesus? What can hold you when Jesus rose from the dead. And Jesus, Jesus rose from the dead. I believe it, even though I didn't see it, that same power lives on the inside of me. That means when I go to my job, I believe that he rose from the dead. I'm going to, listen, listen, everything may not, listen, if it don't work out today, he, listen, in the, he didn't rise the, per, the first day he was in there. Look how you look. It took, he's listen, he decided to take three days. He could have got up in, a, in 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, but he wanted the people to know, hey, I want you to make sure that people think I'm good and dead. I don't want nobody to get it twisted. I don't want nobody to get it. See, sometimes God going to make sure people think you're good and dead. 
Dead in your dead in, listen, they done gave up on you, they done threw the towel on you. They said you ain't gonna be nothing. They said you ain't gonna be nothing, but you're not relying on your strength. You're relying on the power of the living God, and you finna come out three days. Woo! Now, let me say something to you before I get too excited. It may be more than three days, but don't lose heart. Don't get upset. Don't 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 throw in the towel. You getting up from that situation you in. You getting up from that. You getting up from that. People say, listen, and this you gotta understand. Paul tells a little bit later in this context here that Paul was a person that that persecuted the church. His testimony was, I persecuted the church. I did wrong by the church. I killed people in the church. I did all types of things to people in the church. But you know what? Paul turned around and was a blessing to the church. Don't you ever let your past dictate your future. Because God has rose from the dead. Pastor, you don't know what I did in the past. Paul was killing Christians. Paul said, but by the grace of God, I labor you more than them all. I do this because what Jesus did back at the cross of Calvary. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, listen, you may not get up in three natural days, but there is an appointment for a resurrection in your life. Oh, Boy, that's a word for somebody in the sanctuary. That's a word for somebody. The doctor said you got this long, but let me tell you something. There is a resurrection appointment in your life. That said, I'm going to have you 30 years in a mortgage, but God said there's an appointment for a resurrection. You're going through in your mind, but there's an appointment for a resurrection. It may not be three days. It may be three months. But let me say this to you. You're getting up from that situation. You're getting up from that circumstance. You're getting up. Don't you give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say that God ain't going to do it. Because one day. Hallelujah. Let me finish up with one last verse because I need for you to get something. That's very, to me, key in this text which is the last verse in what we're talking about, 1 Corinthians 15 and 11. And really, I'm done. I just want to give you this last verse. <clears throat> because to me, this is what keeps the resurrection alive Monday through Sunday, <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Notice what it says here in 11. Therefore, whether it was I or they, but notice how he puts it here. So we preach. And so you believe. So notice, it's the preached word. But you make a decision, I'm going to believe it. Listen, Paul wasn't there. When Jesus went through what he went through, he wasn't there. But he believed the scriptures. He believed the written and revealed word. And he said, listen, Corinthian church, OCC church, you in there, but you got to make up in your mind. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection. If you believe in the resurrection, let me say this to you. There's not a problem here on this earth that can hold you down. 
That ain't my word. That's what he said. Think about it. If death could hold him down, what you know? Death could not hold Jesus down. They thought they had him. They thought they had him. And believe me, when they beat him, they beat him. They beat him. Literally. And they thought they had him. Any other, anybody else? They would have got up. Got the resurrection power. But Jesus says, if you believe, I know you weren't there. I know you didn't see it. Since you believe it, Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.